the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening. No, this program is not pre-recorded. <laughs> we are live, live in studio tonight. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, with the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And uh, we are really here. We're live. Trust me. Dr. Buckner has a pulse. So do I. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you, your questions and comments uh, and your concerns. We want to give you the opportunity to dialogue with us tonight. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Uh, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 888 Three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. We want to hear from you tonight. Let us know again what's on your mind. Again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. Well, tonight we continue with part two in our brand new series entitled "The Ten Disturbing Claims of Christ." These ten claims of Christ will either draw you or drive you from Christ. It is our hope, though, that they will draw you to the Savior. These ten claims of Christ were so disturbing to the religious leaders of his day that they all wanted to kill him. These ten claims of Christ, even today, even today, still disturb all the false religions and cults of the world who do not know the historic Jesus of the Bible. So tonight... We're going to learn about these 10 disturbing claims of Christ as we continue with part two in this series. So stay tuned for this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we are truly here, right, live <laughs> in the studio. This, so we thank this you. is not the Matrix. We are, <laughs> Amen to we that. We are here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we want to encourage everybody out there in Radio Land to call in and uh, request uh, prayer. And so we can pray for you. And you might have a question on your heart to call in and ask tonight. So uh, as Brother Gary has said, we have been doing this series on uh, 10 disturbing claims of Jesus Christ. And he not only made these claims, but he backed them up by his works. You know, religious leaders can't do that. They may claim something, but they don't back it up by works. And Jesus said, if you don't believe me for who I am, believe me for the very work's sake. Amen. And put those works to the test, and you'll see that he is who he claimed to be. That's why everybody out there listening tonight need to get right with the Lord. Surrender your life over to Jesus Christ. You know, we are saddened by what happened to Kobe Bryant, but it's a reminder. It's a reminder that death can hit us all at any time, even not only 
somebody his age, but look at his daughter and look at the other people on that on that helicopter. I mean, uh, death has no respect to persons. And I told my church, soon we found out about that, everybody needs to stay right with the Lord. Get right with the Lord, because you never know when death is going to come knocking on your door. It can hit you in your sleep. It can hit you on the road. You don't have to be in the air. It can hit you anytime. And you need to be ready. And you need to use wisdom and knowledge when you are dealing with life. You know, and God gives these warnings. And Kobe on that helicopter, you know, circled around for 15 minutes. And they saw the fog, but still decided to go through that. You know, God gives us a lot of wisdom. He gives us warnings. And he puts a lot of things before us. And sometimes when we enter that zone, uh, it can be deadly. God is warning all of us. And so it needs to be a reminder to all of us to watch and pray. Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, I want to say this to you tonight regarding Jesus Christ, that the religious authorities of the day, and they were known as, I call them the hounds of hell, They hound after Jesus everywhere he went to try to trap him and try to kill him. And they knew every time he claimed to be the son of God that he was claiming to be deity. He was claiming to be God. Now, they accused him of blasphemy every time he used that name, son of God, and you can look at John 10 and 46, and in fact, it was Jesus claimed to be the Son of God that led the Jews to condemn him to death. And you can look at John 5 and 18. The Jews answered Pilate, and uh, we see uh, we have a law. And you can look at John 5 and 18, but I'm going to give you another scripture. They said, we have a law, and by the law, we ought to he ought to die. Why? Because he made himself out to be the son of God. And you can look at John 19 and 7 regarding this claim of of Jesus Christ, and he confirmed it. And so they sought over and over to kill him because of this title, son of God. Now, uh, this is the thing that drove these religious hounds to take him right to the cross. Now, Uh, And Jesus said, no man takes my life. I lay it down on myself, and I have the power to take it up again. You know, he willingly uh, allowed himself to be laid down, not by the religious leaders, but by the will of the Father. Now, because he said he had all these angels to come and rescue him. Now, this is the thing we need to understand, that uh, there is a difference between someone calling themselves son of God and sons of God, rather, plural and singular son of God. Now, I'm going to get into that in a little bit because we're going to go back to the first claim where he said he claimed to be the one who can forgive sins. We learned about this in the first disturbing claim of Christ in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and Luke 7, verses 47 through 50. Mark 2, 1 through 12, and Luke 7, 47 through 50. And uh, the religious leaders were angry and hostile 
uh, in their hearts and in their minds and say, who can forgive sin but God? Well, he was God. (laughs) That's what the issue is. But you know what? Unless you're born again, you know, didn't Jesus say, except a man be born again, he cannot see? In other words, understand the things of God. You got to be born again from above, you know. You know, so this second claim, let me get into this second disturbing claim. And this is the claim where he claimed to be the son of God. Now, the the there is a difference between claiming to be sons of God. That is what the little s but when he says son of God, that's with the capital S. And every time Jesus used that title, they knew the religious leaders that he claimed to be God. Now, they know more about this than all of the cults and even us today. And so why are we questioning that he is God by using that title, son of God? You need to believe it, receive it, and achieve it. You see, the Hebrew language And the phrase son of God means this. Now, let me break it down to what it means from the Hebrew perspective. It means that Jesus was claiming this. Now, this is the thing that debunks all of the cults. So when you mention the word son of God, they say, I believe that he's son of God. No, you don't believe that he's son of God the way he's saying it. Because when he says he's a son of God, he's saying this. Make a note of this that he shares the same nature, essence, and being as the Father. In other words, my Father, uh, who's gone on to be with the Lord, I share the same nature as my Father. So I'm his son, and he's my Father. We're both equal. So anytime a son says, I'm a son of my Father, He's claiming, and one is claiming to be equal, not only in our terminology that we use, but even from a godly perspective. And so the religious leader said, no, he cannot be the son of God, because when he does that, from the Hebrew language, he's claiming to be equal with God. And did he not say, uh, the Paul say in uh, Philippians 2 and verse 6, He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He thought it not robbery. He thought it not to be a crime to be equal with God. So Paul is saying that. And Paul says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, Colossians 2 and 9. Theotetosomatikos in Greek, meaning deity in flesh. So he's claiming to be the son of God. And every time he did that, They wanted to kill him, the religious leaders. They wanted to kill him. Now, Mark chapter 14, verses 61 through 65, you may want to read that sometime, but the Scriptures teach that the high priest condemned Jesus for claiming to be God's son. When they asked him if he was the son of God, now listen to this carefully, when the high priest asked him, If you are the son of God, are you the son of God? This is in the passages here that I just gave you in Mark 14, 61 through 65. When they asked him, are you the son of God, the religious leaders? 
What did Jesus say? Now, this is Jesus knocking a home run regarding who he is. He says, I am. Didn't have to say anything else, but I am. That's the divine title for him claiming to be God. You remember uh, when uh, they asked him again in John 8, who are you? Who makest thou thyself? And he says, before Abraham was, I am. And over 23 times in the Gospel of John, he mentions, I am, over and over and over. And the Jews knew when he was claiming that I am, it goes back to Exodus 3 and 14, when Moses said, when I go before the children of Israel and they shall ask of me, what is your name? What shall I say unto them? And God says to Moses in Hebrew, Ehyah, Esher, Ehyah, I am that I am. And Jesus comes along and uses the Septuagint, which is the Old Testament translated in Greek, and when they cornered him up, especially after he says, if any man keep my saying, he shall not die. They got upset with him because they knew he was claiming to be God in John 8 when he said that. Because they said they knew that only God was the God of the living. But Jesus said, I give life just like the Father gives life. We give life equally. Jesus said that over and over and over again. He was claiming to be God with that. So when, he, when they asked him and cornered him up, are you the son of God? He comes behind it with this. And this is what you need to do with that son of God. He puts with it, I am. So that people will not confuse the fact that the Son of God is identifying himself as the I am eternal God who was, who is, who always will be. And when he said that, you know what the religious leaders did? They spit on him. They covered his face. They beat him in his face. They striked him with the palm of their hands because they knew in their hearts that this was blasphemy. Now, My friend, I'm going to say this in closing. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you're not accepting him as your Lord and Savior and as God, you need to do that right now. Jesus said in John 8 and 24, now somebody said, well, do I have to believe that he's God to be saved? Well, you will believe he as God if you keep reading the scriptures and you learn about him. So he says in John 8 and 24, if you believe not that I'm he, you will die in your sins. He's claiming to be God right there and saying you need to believe that in order to be saved. So tonight, my friend, my challenge to you is to come to know him right now. The three R's again. First of all, say it with me right now. First R, Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner. Then the second R, I repent of my sin. And then the third R, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. If in that moment just now, if you've received Jesus as Savior, we want to encourage you. Give us a call. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Maybe you are just tuning in to this station for the first time, and you want to know more about this Jesus Christ that we're talking about. Give us a call again. That number is one eight 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 
F O R K F A X. That's one eight 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 three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. We'll be right back with more of contending for the faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Grab that phone. Give us a call. We want to know what's on your mind tonight. If you have questions or comments about what you heard, if you are trying to uh, understand this Jesus that we've been talking about. This is a perfect opportunity for you to give us a call and we can share this Jesus Christ we are talking about. Uh, we don't want anybody to leave planet Earth without knowing this Jesus of the historic Bible. Uh, it is a terrible thing to die without knowing this Jesus, to be eternally lost. And, and we want to give you an opportunity tonight to receive him. And uh, if you have any other questions about Bible verses, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. So once again, that number is one 367 5329 Speaking of prayer, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been diligently praying for contending for the faith. Without your diligent prayers and faithful giving, we could never remain on the air we wouldn't be on the air tonight if it weren't for those prayers and without that support. We also want to thank those who gave this week. Benjamin, David, Jackie, Alfred, and C.R., Charles. Uh, remember, it costs us 400 a week to stay on the air. We are listener-supported, so we could never do it without your support. We need your help. So if you are blessed by Dr. Buckner's teachings and this program, won't you consider partnering with us financially to keep this important program on the air? Uh, it's so vital. There are two ways you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go on your computer, your laptop, your smartphone, uh, and go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and away you will go, being a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate uh, those encouraging words. And uh, what we're going to do right now, we are going to get to our callers. And who do we have first? First up is uh, Brother CC online. Brother CC, how you doing? Um, how you guys doing? Well, we are truly blessed. How about yourself? Um, I'm blessed. You know, rough, rough, but I'm blessed. Well, that's always a good thing. And how did the word minister to you tonight? What I really love about it is how you brought the name. How you, how you, um, in the teaching when you talk about Jesus and the Son of God, and how you used the term, you said the capital Son, the capital S represents him being the Son of God, and how you brought it back to the Old Testament when he, couldn't, he uses the Son, he's using I Am, and how you brought it back to the Old Testament with Exodus 3, because 
I know a lot of people that I grew up with, they always they always thought that was God the Father. And even I did, too, when I was younger. I always thought it was just speaking in the first person. But that's, all, that's also a claim to Jesus. And a lot of cults will uh, make a difference between us. This is God the Father right here that's speaking. But Jesus already, Jesus made it clear that it was that he's the Son of God, that he's not only the Son of God, that he is God. And I like how you brought that back, and even... You know, saying the Hebrew that you used. I mean, it was the, the excellent. It was it was it was uh, awesome teaching. I really loved like that how you really focused on it and you made it very simple because I know you're very very knowledgeable. But you broke it down to where uh, a five year old could understood what you say. And I appreciate I appreciate the labor and the time that you've been spending with the Lord because I was really blessed by it. Thank you so much. Well, we always try to put the cookies down on the bottom shelf so the kitties can reach them. And that's uh, we're faithful to that. So we appreciate you sharing that as well. Um, so uh, and what's on your heart tonight? Yeah, I want to ask you a question found in Matthew seven fifteen. Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. And, and what's your what's your question? Uh, well, let's read it. Let's read it. And then you can ask what your question is. You have your Bible okay. there? Yes, I do. Why don't you read it uh, to us? No problem. Thank you. He says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Okay. And then what's on your, what's the question you have regarding the verse? What's the question I have regarding the verse is in terms of him talking about false prophets. I was wondering if you could share with me in terms, I know the Jehovah's Witnesses, they fall in category, and maybe I know you, Maybe the sound by teaching you, you can try to couple that in on, in terms of what they teach because you know they, they they claim to be teaching the gospel to people and and that's not the that's not the Jesus of the Bible they're sharing. I want wonder if you could like break it down in relationship to that verse. Right, uh, appreciate that. Well, you know, um, all of the cults um, have one thing in common, and they all share uh, this belief that they all deny that Jesus Christ is God in human form and the only Savior of the world. So if you're talking about a Jehovah's Witness and you say, who is Jesus? And even though they say, well, we believe that he's the Son of God, you know, the challenging question along with that, do you believe that he's God the Son? But even when you define God uh, the Son of God, they have a different uh, Jesus. This is why um, the Apostle Paul, in Second uh, Corinthians, he talks about, uh, in Corinthians, where he talks about uh, there's another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. So the, the way you will know another Jesus and another gospel uh, and, uh, is to know the real Jesus of historic Christianity. You know the Christology dealing with the person, nature, and work of Jesus Christ. So Jesus claimed to be God, but all of the cults, they deny that he's God. For instance, Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus is Michael the archangel, that he was an uh, angel before he came into the world, and then he became human on earth, and then he went back to heaven as an angel, as Michael again. And then when you uh, talk about the Mormons, and they say, well, we believe Jesus is the Son of God, but when you define that, they are talking about uh, one God among a pantheon of gods, and all male Mormons can become gods. And now, now since 1978, uh, they open up the door for blacks 
to be baptized and uh in the temple and become gods too. I wish they would have kept it the way they had it before because it would have kept more blacks out of it. But the the issue is this. They believe in a multitude of gods, and there's only one god. And so uh, the Christian scientists, they you define who their Jesus is, and they say that Jesus is the man. Uh, he yeah. was a human being, and Christ was a spiritual consciousness, so they separate Jesus from uh, Christ. So, because they look at all matter as being evil, and so Jesus couldn't have never taken on physical form. So, G- this is why Jesus says, beware of false prophets. And then, uh, false prophets can come at you in many different ways. They can even e- even claim not only to be God, but they can manipulate you on a sociological level. Because when you define what a cult is, and I was talking to Manning about this when we were having lunch this evening, a cult is defined two different ways. One way you define a cult is theologically, because theologically they all deny that Jesus is God in human form. Sociologically, they brainwash you and separate you from your family, control your finances, control everything in your life, and then if you rebel, they bring into it uh, excommunication, so they put that guilt trip on you, and and they put into you a lot of fear on a sociological level. I will be teaching my students this at the, at the seminary on uh, this Monday coming because I'll be teaching a class on it. So, And yet you have uh, false uh, prophets such as word, faith, teachers, uh, counterfeit, revival movement people. Uh, you have uh, false prophets who will proclaim to know the end of time and, you know, uh, like uh, many have done in the past, Harold Camping and many others, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, predicted seven times in the name of Jehovah that the world was going to come to an end. It is still here. So Jesus says, beware of false prophets. Now, and he says in verse 20, you will know them by their fruit. Now, fruits. Now, there are two ways to know a, a false prophet. One is, when you talk about fruit, you're talking about the life, because the life sometimes will look just like our life, right? You'll say, man, they go to church, they, they say they believe in Jesus, but when you put them to the test and say, do you believe Jesus is God and the only Savior of the world? Oh, no, 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 no. So, you know, that's testing the doctrine. So when Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit, their life, and their doctrine. You put those two together, and you'll come out with a real deal holofill. So that's the that's the test right there. And I'm going to let Gary uh, uh, add something to this as well, because I mentored him in dealing with the cults uh, many uh, years back, and I remember when we even uh, was at the, the mission where I was at, the first time I remember uh, mentoring you and when we had some Mormons uh, come into my mission and we ministered to them and had a old recorder uh, there and you were so blessed by that. But add something to what I said mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's really interesting because I used to have a gardener who was a Jehovah Witness and so he would come once a week and we would get into it <laughs> on a regular. And I said, you know what? Imagine if you would that tree over there, and if I got a piece of string tied to an apple and tied it to that tree, and I got a bow and arrow out, 
and I shot at that apple, and I missed seven times, right? And I said, you know what? I can hit that apple. Let me put it on your head. (laughs) And I said, would you have confidence in me hitting that apple from your head after missing it seven times? And he said, no. And I said, well, that's what you're asking me to do with the Watchtower and Bible Tribe. They have missed the apple seven times. <laughs> and especially they missed it in the name of Jehovah. The name of Jehovah. Because they predicted these things in the name of God. That's right. And they, they are considered false prophets as a result of that. Mm-hmm. But they're asking you to put that apple on your head <laughs> and take your life into your hands by becoming part of that organization. And so, you know— they are truly wolves in sheep's clothing in every sense of the word because they come at you, you know, in a lot of ways that are good. They try to help people socially. They try to build relationships. They do a lot of good things. But, you know, as we mentioned before, Jesus said you know them by their fruit, which is life and doctrine. Both have to line up, right? So, if you know, a lot of people live wonderful lives on the surface. They don't smoke. They don't drink. They pay their taxes. They don't cheat on their wife. But when you examine their doctrine, is it biblical? So it's both have to be lined up. Amen. So thank you, Brother Gary. And so the thing is, is for us to know what we believe and know wh- and know why we believe it. So we have to put things to the test. And that's what uh, John says in his epistle, right, in First John 4, Test, you know, and then Paul talks about and in, in, in Thessalonians test all things and hold fast to that which is good. So how do we test it by knowing the truth? And because we need to know what we believe and know why and be able to back it up. Well, we're gonna uh, we trust that that helped you out, and we are going to get your prayer request. So we trust that that gave you a lot of meat. Thank, thank you guys. Thank both of you guys. That mm-hmm. gave me a lot. And you gave me that excerpt because I didn't—I wasn't familiar with that. With the Jehovah's Witnesses and missed it seven times, so thank you. No, no problem. Uh, you should get the Kingdom of the Cults book by my mentor, Doctor Walter Martin. That'll really uh, educate you. Uh, I, I would encourage all the listeners to get that. So let's get your quick uh, prayer request, and then we only have about a minute, and then we're going to come back and get uh, Rick's uh, prayer uh, question. Okay. You pray for uh, my mother, Rosa Linda. Um, um, my family, and if you could pray for me, and then there's a friend of mine, friendly, who's getting surgery on their back, if you could pray for them, and then most of all, just lift up uh, Kobe Bryant's wife and his family in their morning, and an M&M. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for Brother CC. We pray that you meet every need that's represented in his life. We pray for his family, his mom, Rosalinda. We pray for his friend who is having the surgery on his back. You are the great physician, and you've never lost a case. So, Lord God, touch and and use those surgeons and uh, just bring healing to that person's life. We also pray for the family of Kobe, that uh, especially his wife and, and remaining family members, that you would be the God of all comfort and comfort them in their time of loss. We thank you, Lord, and give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, thank you, CC, for your call and your great question as well. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. Uh, we want to give you an opportunity to call in. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Grab that phone. 
Give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. You can give us a call. That number is 1 888 FORKFAX. That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Let us know what's on your mind. If you have questions or comments for us, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. You know, we need to to run to God first before we run to anybody else. Uh, He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. His word says that he will meet every need. Our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Call upon him. Ask. Seek. Knock. Do all those things. You know, God wants to hear from you. He wants to answer your prayer. He wants to draw you in. Scripture says he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So prayer works. And we want to encourage you. If you need prayer tonight, we will pray with you. Speaking of prayer, again, we want to thank everyone who's been praying for this ministry. It's so vital that you continue to do so. Don't stop praying for us. Dr. Buckner and I come a mighty long way, and you know your prayers are covering us. Tonight, someone cut in front of me and, and into the oncoming traffic, and I said, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> if your hand had not been upon me, uh, you know, and many, many times, We have been blessed and kept because of your prayers. And it's so important that you continue to pray for contending for the faith, that lives would continue to be touched and changed for all of eternity. And so, Lord, you know, we just pray that the Lord would just continue to to use those prayers, continue to to, uh, honor those prayers as we continue to do the work he's called us to do. So your prayers work. Your prayers are important. Don't stop, please. As well as your financial support. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we can't thank you enough for those who have been giving over these last 20-odd years uh, of this show being on the air, off and on. And so we just thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your financial support. It costs us 400 a week to stay on the air, so we need your support. Support. We need your consistency as well. There are two ways that you can donate. Uh, first way is send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second is a lot easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and it's that simple and away you will go. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for that. And we do need to challenge everybody out there, as Brother Gary said, to support this ministry so we can continue to come here and do what we need to do. And uh, it's been a slow uh, week and a half and uh, so we want to encourage people to step up to the plate this week and really help us to do what we're doing because we're called by God to do this and we need your help to help us do it. Well, let's get to our uh, next caller. Our next caller is Julie. Julie, how you doing? Hello, Julie. Hello, Julie. Julie, are you there? Okay, let's go to the next uh, caller and we'll come back to Julie. All right. 
right, let's go so we don't waste our time. Let's go to Vaughn. Vaughn, how you doing? We just lost Vaughn, too, it looks like. All right, do All we right. have Rick? Yes, we do. We do. All right, how you doing, Rick? I am blessed. How about yourself? Oh, well, we're truly blessed, my brother. Uh, good to hear your voice again, and uh, we always appreciate your calls. And what's on your heart tonight? Let's get down to business. Um, we know we know historically that the Mormons have a, a history of racism. We know about Spencer Kimball and, and, and the history behind that. What about the Jehovah Witnesses? Are they racist? Do they have a history of racism? And what is their foundation? Yeah, well, that's a good uh, question. Well, some people may not know about Spencer Kimball, but let me kind of update you on that. Spencer Kimball was one of the presidents of the Mormon Church, and in 1978, uh, he said that he had received a new revelation that blacks can be uh, come priests and if they they can be baptized in the Mormon temple. So uh, they opened up the door for blacks at that time. Now, he didn't have a new revelation from God because the uh, Mormons changed their mind like a person changing their clothes every day. You never know when they got a new revelation going to come their way, and I believe it's demonic when it comes. But uh, the, the new revelation that he got was from black civil rights groups that pressured them uh, to change, and uh, that's the, the revelation that they got. Now, Speaking of Jehovah's Witnesses in terms of racism, now that's an interesting question. I would encourage people to uh, look uh, on our podcast, and you know, there are some things that I've done going all the way back to 1994 and on, you know, with Gary and myself, and then other people that I interviewed. I interviewed a real close friend of mine that was a mentor, uh, Professor Colin Akridge. He's gone on to be with the Lord. And he was a Greek specialist, he was African-American brother, Greek specialist, as well as a scholar, biblical scholar. And he was an authority on the nation of Islam. He mentored me all of those, a lot of years. But uh, recently, he went on to be with the Lord. Now, he and I did a program on the Jehovah's Witnesses and their early racism. A lot of people don't know this, but the Jehovah's Witnesses had views like uh, the Mormons earlier in history. Uh, th- that's the truth. They did have views just like uh, the Mormons. I'm going to give you an example of this uh, that I took some notes on here. Uh, in uh, 1929, uh, the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses said, uh, Noah's curse on Canaan said to be the origin of the black race. The colored race are described as a race of servants. There is no servant in the world as good as the colored servant. And this is like in a magazine called the, that was called the Golden Age magazine, July the 24th, 1929, on page 702. Now, the founder of the Jehovah's Witnesses, who was uh, Charles Tass Russell, He said this. This is quite interesting what he said. Now, this is the founder of the Jehovah's Witnesses. He said uh, that he believed that the skin of the black brother would turn white during the Millennium Kingdom. You'll find this with uh, an article of the Jehovah's Witnesses on the Zion's Watchtower, February uh, the 
1904 on pages 52 through 53. So people won't think that, oh, Dr. Buckner's just talking off the cuff. No, I back up. Uh, one thing I learned about from my mentor, Walter Martin, is to back up facts. It's important to not go off the cuff, back up what you're saying. Now, this is another important thing that, that's interesting, and then I'll close on this point. Uh, regarding the Jehovah's Witnesses' early racism, and that in 1933, uh, Judge Franklin Rutherford, now Judge Franklin Rutherford became the second president of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And the reason why they call him Judge Franklin Rutherford is because he was a, an, a, an actual attorney and a judge, and he helped Charles Taze Russell out on a lot of legal issues because Charles Taze Russell who was the founder of the Jehovah's Witnesses, ended up going through a divorce, and he had a lot of other legal uh, issues. Plus, they had Charles Taze Russell in court one time because the Christians accused him of not being a, a Greek scholar. And so when he was in court, the, the, the lawyers had him to say, this is the Greek alphabet. Can you translate it? He couldn't do it. So Judge Franklin Rutherford was a legit judge at that time who had a real bad temper. I'm going to be teaching a class on all of this stuff. But let me say this. In 1933, listen now, listen carefully. In 1933, Rutherford sent a letter to Adolf Hitler describing the Watchtower Society as, quote, a pro-German and blames Jewish businessmen and Catholics, close quote, for spreading propaganda against the society, declaring suggestion that the Watchtower publications might be funded by Jews as slanderous accusations. According to Rutherford, the second president of the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Bible students of Germany are fighting for the very same high ethical goals and ideas which also the national government of the Germans. Rutherford gives his declaration of the facts at the convention in Berlin, saying it has been a commercial Jews of the British American Empire that have built up and carried on big businesses as means of exploiting and oppressing the people of many nations. He says in New York, in New York, the Jews own it, the Irish Catholics rule it, and the Americans pays the bills. Now, this is also found in the yearbook of the Jehovah's Witnesses, 1934. So this stuff here was so dangerous. And now, this is the last point I want to make on this. When you look at the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses, or somebody may say, are they still racist today? Well, most of the people that's in leadership today are white, still haven't learned their lesson. And that's, that goes for Mormonism, too. And then the sad thing to say that some of our evangelical churches are that way and need to change some stuff, too. Amen to that. So help, hopefully that helps you out, Rick, with some insight around this. No, I appreciate, I appreciate the historical foundation, which I did not even know about. Right, right. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much uh, for your call, and we're going to get to some more uh, callers, but appreciate your call, and that, that que- that's, that's a good question. I wonder how many of the 144,000 are people of color. 
You know, that's a, that's interesting you say that because all of the 144,000 are white. Mm-hmm. They will they will not be a black sheep in the midst of that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. who do we have next? Levon. Levon, how you doing? Hi, I had spoken earlier um, to you. Um, there was some contact information. Somehow or another, my phone had dropped uh, the call. Well, we're glad uh, that you're back. Yeah. We're glad that you're back. And yeah. what's on your heart? Because we have just a limited time. No, I just, what I had said earlier about Arius, you know, about the Arianism factor regarding Jehovah Witnesses. Yes. Um, you know, and how... Not only them, but as you have stated so well, you know, in other words, these cults, a lot of these cults, um, it blindsides the the mindset and the heart set, especially on people who are most vulnerable to accept or adopt anything because they're searching for something, but they might be searching the wrong element. And then once they get into that element, they think that they're really encased with the spirit, but it's not. Yeah, you're so you're so right about that, and and we talk about that all the time. People are looking for a, a sense of two things: identity and belonging, and they really deep down want to be loved. And if we don't bring that in the churches, we're going to open up Pandora's box for all evil to come out. And so the key to all of this is one word: discipleship. If we don't disciple people in our churches and teach them sound doctrine, it's going to open up the door for them going to various cults and isms and all of that. But thank you so mm-hmm. much for your call. We're going to try to get to some of the other uh, callers okay, as well before you. our time. And call us back again so that uh, we'll have more time to talk with you. Okay, wonderful. Thank all right, you. And and have keep a us wonderful in, evening. You too now. Keep us in your prayers. Uh, who I do know. we have next, Brother Gary? Uh, Sophia. Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very, very well. But I, I know that so many people are trying to call. But let me get right to it. And it was so wonderful that I love the Ten Claims of Jesus. It always helps me to answer these people who are always seem to be on my case. I think they think because I don't speak well, the accent that I'm dumb, but I'm not. But anyway. Well, you have so, a very good accent, and we love it. So oh, whatever they so say, much. just rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. I do. I run <laughs> right to You communicate very clearly. That's this. right. You don't and need to I worry about that. I, I, it's always so wonderful knowing I can call you now. Of course, the people were telling me this is what they said to me. And, and I, sometimes I do cry, so they like to see that for some reason people like to see make people cry. I don't know why. But then I, I recoup and I go to Jesus and it's okay and I know I can tell you. Now what they were telling me, my in-laws were saying, well, Lucifer was created by God and then he was a fallen angel and he took his buddies with him and so he became Satan. So they're saying, well, you know what, Sophia, God is evil because he created Lucifer. So he's good, but he's evil. And I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't believe that because God didn't create uh, uh, Lucifer to be evil. He created oh. him to be good. And so, but he gave Lucifer, just like he gave all of us, a volitional choice. Mm-hmm. So Adam and Eve weren't create, created evil. They were created uh, perfect 
but yet God gave them volitional choice, and he put things in the midst of them to test their loyalty and their faithfulness. So the same thing with all of the angels. They were created perfect like Adam and Eve, but they had volitional choice. So when they made the, when they made the choice to rebel, they became evil through their volitional choices. You can oh. never blame God. You know, and, and you may want to look at James um, chapter 1. Let okay. no man say when he's done evil, uh, when he's tempted, that I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted to do evil, but every man is tempted by his own lust. So look at James 1, because it'll give you an answer and an answer to those other people. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. Look at James chapter 1. Unfortunately, a time our mortal enemy has rushed by with rapidity, and we have to go, but hopefully that helps you out. Oh, it's perfect, and thank you so much. God bless you all. All right, be sure to look at that scripture. Oh, I am. I'm right after I hang up. Amen. Amen. Brother Gary, knock a home run in the name of Jesus. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Paul, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. You can also send any donations that way as well. Don't forget, you can go online to contendingfaith.org and click that Donate button. We need your support. You can also reach Dr. Buckner by phone at area code 415-721-1778. If you're interested in receiving any copy of tonight's program or any of our broadcasts, give us a call at area code 415-721-1778 or just go online and listen to our podcast. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.